0: book of the revelation and we're in chapter 18 chapter 18 of the book of the revelation very important verse here we got to it last time but verse 4 and i heard another voice from heaven saying come out of her my people that you be not partaker of partakers of her sins and that you receive not of her plagues Now, you know that I do not agree with what the Roman Catholic Church teaches. I do not agree. You can't agree. But are there saved people in the Roman Catholic Church? And the answer has to be yes. And the reason why? Because God said, come out of her my people. If, If that won't do it, I don't know what will. Well, it'd be all, I guess it'd be all of them, yeah, yeah. Now, all of them don't want to hear this, but my 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 statement has been for many, many years, if we don't tell them how they're going to know to come out, well, people get mad at you. I'm on the bottom row of my daddy's family <laughs> because they're all Catholic, and they know where I stand, Uh Anyway, but they're not saved by false doctrine. If they're saved, they're saved by the gospel. And can God get the gospel to them? Yes, he can. Uh, But it's not their doctrine. Even if they say some good things, they may have something like they wouldn't say anything against of course, the virgin conception of Christ. They wouldn't say anything against the vir- the uh, resurrection of Christ. But when you take truth and mix error in it, it becomes error. Right. So, and that's what they've done, and so do many others do that. So, <clears throat> so you're right. It's not just not just Catholics, it's others. <laughs> but anybody that's saved, I'm not going to say it's by the Baptist way. I'm going to say it's by the Bible way. Amen. Anybody that's saved in any denomination church, they are if they are saved, they got saved by repentance and faith in the gospel, in Christ. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They didn't, they didn't get it by false doctrine. They didn't get it by by baptismal regeneration. They got it from the gospel. There's only one way of salvation. Only, never has been more than one way of salvation, and that's by the gospel. It was preached first to Adam and Eve, that's right. Genesis 3.15, and began to be vividly uh, pictured, portrayed, And all of those 4,000 years, you got, when God killed an animal, we think it was probably sheep. And one animal shed its innocent blood and made coverings for Adam and Eve. There's a picture of the gospel. And then you can go on uh, Mount Moriah with Abraham and just many, many pictures of the gospel in the Old Testament. Plus the prophecies. so, only one, only one way of salvation. Never been any other way, and I don't care who it is, and I'll stand tooth and toenail with any man alive over, over that, because there's only one way, and that is, uh, for I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. It says, so come out of her, my people, for her sins have reached unto heaven. Well, I'm sure that's talking about the heaven where God resides. That's the third heaven. And her her sins have reached... Don't think that God is not aware of everything going on. He's God. Say, well, he hasn't judged them yet. Well, you don't know what he's done. He has done a lot of judging. But has he done this judging? Not yet, but he's getting ready to. And he has his his reasons. And when he does it, it'll be final. It'll be right. Uh, And God hath remembered... Her iniquities. Well, of course, generally, especially in the New Testament iniquities, are not absolutely, but generally uh, religious sins. And so that would apply there. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her, double according to her works in the cup which she hath filled, filled to her double. And that's talking about the judgment of God. But believe me, when God judges, it will be according to righteousness. It will be exactly right. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. Every time you see them on on the television. uh, Back for their Easter celebration. If you, if you saw it, I saw part of it. I mean, it's unbelievable. The money that's put into all of that stuff, gold and silver and fine stuff, doesn't look anything like the New Testament to me. But she's lived, lived deliciously. Many she's had the best of Everything. And you think the popes and the cardinals and the bishops and all that, do you think they don't live high? You watch the pope as he makes as they make their procession through the streets of wherever they are. And you watch a bunch of grown men carrying a huge throne with the pope sitting in it. Got a canopy on it and all of that. I mean... On their shoulders. And people are falling down in front of him. If, if you've ever seen it, you, you won't... There's not a king on earth that lives like that. Not one. <laughs> and they'll go, they'll go to hovels, they'll go to poverty-stricken countries and take up money for themselves. She has lived deliciously and so much torment and sorrow will give her. Well, how much has she given out? Who invented the Inquisition? Most people, if they think, hear about the uh, tortures in the Middle Ages, they think about the Spanish Inquisition. Well, there was a Spanish Inquisition. I'm not sure that's over now. Torquemada uh, is back at the very same time when uh, Christopher Columbus was getting his uh, goodies to go sail the ocean blue to come over here. Uh, 1492, and uh, the king and queen, uh, they had already driven the Jews out, and they were, they were very much involved in, in the Spanish Inquisition at that time. I've got a book back there. This I think it's the best book on that. But all of these torture things the Iron Lady that's a cast iron looks like a a mummy coffin. But you open it up, it's on hinges It's got spikes on this side and spikes on that side and they stand you up, put you in there and then they shut it on you. And then you drop down a chute and go down into a river and that's where your carcass goes. That's just the Iron Lady. I've got pictures of them doing it in Peru in in the 19th century. Part of the 20th century. Stretching them on the rack. Well, they get these great big wooden wheels with the gears and the handles and the ropes and the priests, the Dominican friars. You know, the the, the Dominican friar uh, that you that you see mostly is in that cookie jar, a little fat monk, and says. Thou shalt not steal in a cookie jar. A lot of women have them in their kitchen. That's a Dominican friar. Only they weren't hardly like that. They were the engineers of the Inquisition. They taught Adolf Hitler how to do it. Adolf did some torturing. His, his, His cronies did. But they all learned it from the Roman Catholic Church, from the Inquisition. So, but there were more inquisitions than that. And it had been going on for a lot longer than 1226 or 23, whatever the date is, 1220 something. Oh, it hasn't been canceled as of this day. That ought to be scary. The, the Holy Office of the Faith, that's what they call it, the Inquisition, it is still on their books. It's still active on their books. Well, do you reckon they're going to help out the Antichrist? We'll see. But it has not been canceled yet. Don't expect it'll ever be either. Anyway, because they think that they've got a divine right from God to do that to everybody that disagrees with them. And she saith in her heart, I sit a queen. And them no widow and shall see no sorrow. Well. She's going to be badly. Mistaken. And surprised for it says. Therefore. When you see therefore in the Bible. See what it's there for. And it's there for the reason that. Because she's doubled up on all the torments and sorrow. Live glorified deliciously. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Who was it that preached a sermon? I can't think of his name. Payday Sunday. Payday Sunday. He was talking about Naboth's Vineyard. There will be a payday someday. And the kings of the earth standing afar off for the fear of her torment. Well, I mean, you see something going on like that, you fool to get up close to it, aren't you? Saying, alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her. Well, the merchants and the kings of the earth have gotten rich messing with her. For no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. The merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and of pearls, fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet. Now you can see you can see those popes you can see them wearing white with gold thread on it but you can also see them in purple and scarlet those colors are all over there and all fine wood and all manner of manner vessels of ivory and all manner vessels of most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble. Well, you go in that St. Peter's Cathedral, you can't see anything but marble. And cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense. And wine and oil and fine flour and wheat. And beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee. Everything she wanted. I mean, they fought many, many wars. Or gotten everybody else into wars over this. Getting their riches. You know, out in California, I've not been to any of them. But on the coast, up and down California... They've got Spanish missions. When the Swaddles come back, return to Capistrano. Spanish missions from San Diego all the way up. There's several of them. And it is so quaint and so touristy. Tourists love to go and there they've got the old Spanish mission and there, there's the Friar Tucks and all of them walking around with their hands folded and in their in their dresses and sandals and tonsures. That's where they cut that hair out, like you know. Anyway, anyway, well, that was just a Catholic church trying to convert the heathen. No, do you know what those Spanish missions were? It had nothing to do with converting the native Indians of California. They were ports. In those days, you know what, the, what they were discovering in California, don't you? Gold. Well, what happened to that gold? At night time, it came into those missions. And under cover, the sailing ships would depart, loaded with gold, going around the Horn and coming up into the Mediterranean Sea and going to Rome and unloading at Rome. They shipped that gold out to Rome. Why do you think they went to Brazil? It's well known in Brazil that that the Portuguese came to Brazil about the same time that Columbus came to America. But the people that followed were people looking for religious liberty. But the people that followed them in Brazil were looking for gold and jewels, and there's plenty of them in Brazil. There he is right now. So that's why Brazil has been in poverty all this time. The people have been in abject poverty all this time. But the United States has done pretty well that we got all these elect- uh, Democrats elected. <clears throat> and anyway, now somebody don't like me saying that. It's too late. I do not said it. Anyway, The fruits that thy soul lusted after, verse 14, are departed from thee, and all things which were (laughs) dainty, I guess that includes them little red slippers, (laughs) and goodly are departed from thee. I guess he's going to lose his slippers. And thou shalt find them no more at all. Where's my slippers? The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. Now they're weeping and wailing because of what they're losing. They ain't going to get close to it though, or try not to. They're saying, alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones, and pearls. Now, you look, you look at what they call their chalice. You look at that. Find it for me in the New Testament. You don't find it, do you? What are they doing with all that? That's what they love, that's why. For in one hour, so great riches has come to naught. Nothing. I don't know if you all remember this. My mother, bless her heart, when she'd get to counting, you got like a number to give. Five, eight, six, knock, knock, two. That's how she would say it. Didn't say zero, zero, not not. You remember that day? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Little country, wasn't it? <clears throat> and every shipmaster and all the company in ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried. That's a traditional sign of repentance, mourning. Weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea, by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. That's what's going on right here. What did he tell them under the martyred souls under the altar in Revelation six, uh, the fifth seal? A little while. Wait just a little while. I'm going to avenge you, and you're not wrong for wanting me to. How about these uh, sob sisters today that call themselves preachers would say, "Oh, we don't want to be like that." <laughs> And a mighty angel took up a stone, like a great millstone, and cast it into the sea. Now, if you've seen a millstone, you ain't going to pick one of them up. It's going to take a good forklift to pick one of them up. There's a lot of people getting the old millstone now and putting them in their yards and collecting them, but you've got to pay a big price for them. I mean, you had to pay big big bucks for them if you can find them several thousand dollars uh, depends on what kind they are and how big they are well, so here's a big millstone cast into the sea saying thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all I don't know if anybody's ever been in a storm, a typhoon in the ocean, I have been. I wasn't on a small ship, I was on a large ship. I was on an aircraft carrier, it was 978 foot long, they've got them bigger now, but not a whole lot, about a 100 foot longer. At its beam, the widest point, it was 278 foot, that means you can put Three regulation football fields, end to end, on the flight deck, and you'd still have seventy-eight foot left over. The big ship, we carried over a hundred planes, big planes too. Thirty-six hundred men on that thing. The flight deck was eighty-five feet from the waterline. Big ship, but I have seen the flight deck, the bow, the forward end of it, I have seen it go down in dip water. I've seen it port and starboard dip water. Twenty, I think it's six or seven degrees will capsize it. It'll flip up. And we were close to doing that. We were in a typhoon in the South China Sea. They don't happen real often there, but we were in one. And we were on our way to Laos, escorting a helicopter carrier to Laos. And I really was walking down the hangar bay. Of course, you've got planes chained down to the deck. And I heard the awfulest noise I've ever heard in my life. And all of a sudden, we had three deck-edge elevators. Two on the port side and one on the starboard side. The forward port deck edge elevator went boom, and it went to David Jones's locker. That's the bottom of the ocean. A big gaping hole. And if we didn't have the planes chained down, they'd be going out. And the rest of that cruise we had chains and cables. We made the rest of that cruise without that elevator. That's big time stuff folks. Major, major stuff. And so that great millstone I'm sure that's bigger than anything you had in a a grist mill. What kind of Disturbance was that when it landed in that ocean? Well, you can get some mighty big disturbances there. That violence, thus with violence, shall that great city of Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. Now you say, Well, explain that. No, I can't. It means what it says, it says what it means. And I believe it's literally true, it's not symbolic. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. Now I always say, look at this traffic. My goodness, the only thing worse than this would be no traffic. If you don't have any traffic, there's nothing going on. Nobody's got any money. There's no trading going on. No buying and selling. No working. No, nothing being done. Uh, look, ever been to a ghost town out west? they I don't know if there are any ghosts there. But they got up and left. And you see the tumbleweed blunt. That's what they've got. That's right. And that's what this is becoming like a ghost town. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. That just means there ain't nobody getting married. If, babies are, if people are not getting married, babies are not being born, you're dying. Amen? Amen? For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For thy sorceries were, by thy sorcerers were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. But that covers a lot now. I think I mentioned last week. You got the prophets, and you've got the saints, and of all over the earth, that would include the Muslims. How many have they murdered? How many of the Nazis murdered? The Commies? How many have they murdered? Well, it seems like they're all they're all gathered together with the beast. And the mother harlot, the religious up here, and the political down here. They're all together. And the Lord's going to judge them all at one time. And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah. Now we say hallelujah. But in Brazil they say "Aleluia." Hallelujah. They don't get an H sound. We get H sound. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. Now look what's going on here. And look what they're doing as their response to it. They're praising God for what He's doing. Uh, I don't want to listen to these sob, sisters. They need to read the Bible. That's their problem. They don't know what God says. Or else they don't care what he says, one or the other. Anyway, he says, For true and righteous are his judgments. True and righteous are his judgments. Hmm. There you go. That is the ultimate of taking sides with God against yourself and against everything else. And people that are on God's side take sides with God. They don't take sides with Satan. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he has judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth. With her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. So that's what that's all about is vengeance. People act like vengeance is terrible. It's just the wrong people try to take it. We're not the people to take it. God is the right one, and he when he, he will take, it and nobody can stop him. And when he takes it, it'll be just right. Amen. And again, they said, Alleluia. Now, if you were reading the Greek, that's how you'd say that, "Hallelujah." And her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne, saying, we say amen, they say Amen. Hallelujah. Now, there we again have the, four, the 24 elders and the four living creatures. Now, the pre-tribbers tell us that those are the raptured saints. Uh, I think we had a multitude up here, didn't we? We had a multitude that couldn't be numbered in Revelation 7. No, those 24 elders are not raptured saints. They're created beings that, that attend to the Lord around the throne of God. And so are the four living creatures. <clears throat> and the voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard as it were, the voice of a great multitude and as a voice of many waters, and as a voice of mighty thundering, saying, "Hallelujah!" for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Amen. So all of this praise is directed directly towards God. And it is directed towards God in the aftermath of his judging, the, the harlot, and all of his judgment. God's people will praise Him for it. And when He, when death and hell is cast into the lake of fire, we'll praise Him forever. He said, Well, I know some people that are going to be there, already there. You ain't doing it now. We're not to praise that now. We're not into that. Not now. That's the Lord's business. But in that day, when we're resurrected, both body, soul, and spirit will be in our perfect selves, created selves, we will be able to handle that. And we will praise God throughout all eternity as that smoke of their torment rises up forever and ever. I do don't, I don't want to do that now. Well, no, I don't want you to do it now. God doesn't tell you to do it now. But when we're with him and our resurrected bodies, we'll be able to handle that. and That's what we will be doing. So, now this next piece, I'm going to read this. Probably won't get far into it. Verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife... That made herself ready and to her was granted that she should be arrayed dressed attired in fine linen clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints or saints and he saith unto me right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the lamb and he saith unto me these are the true sayings of god uh it's amazing at what people do with this. One used to be a member here says he's ashamed that he ever believed that that the Lord has his own bride. They say everybody that's saved is in the bride. Now, I don't know how you can read that and come up with that kind of a conclusion. Do you, brother? I mean, it is so obvious. Let's read that again. Now, this is a great multitude. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. You do not call a bride to the wedding. When the invitations are sent out, the bride doesn't get one. That's pretty simple, isn't it? So if you're getting an invitation to the wedding, you ain't the bride, (laughs) you're a guest. Or potential guest, if you come. So, that's what they say. Well, I had a man, I appreciate a lot of things he said, and he taught. Teaching at Lexington Baptist College and Ecclesiology. And he said, well, the way it's going to be, when we all get to heaven, it's all over in eternity, it'll be like, well, the Second World War, you had the Russians and the Germans and the French, the English and the Americans, the British uh, and the Japanese. We all fought during the war But now the war is over and we're all sitting around a campfire just reminiscing stories. I said, brother, why do you think the Apostle Paul and many just like him struggled in this life contending for the gospel And the Lord's church and the ordinances, baptism and the Lord's Supper, having their heads cut off, skinned alive, drowned every other atrocity that you can imagine. Why didn't they just join the Presbyterians and make that big money? Well, that's that's not what I mean. Well, what do you mean? You've just completely wiped out the Lord's church and a faithful, contending earnestly for the faith once delivered unto the saints. He said he believed in a local church, but he believed in a universal bride, and that's what this fellow that used to be a member here says. He's in one of those one of those great big interdenominational things. And they all teach about how all the saints, everybody all over the world is in the Lord's church. But all you got to do is just define the word. <laughs> and, you, and you couldn't possibly have that. Everybody over the world in the Lord's assembly? When did it assemble? <laughs> when could it assemble? No. The Lord has his bride. Amen. And. He chose his bride. Now you got to remember this. I'll get more into it next time. Wednesday, I guess. No, Sunday. Sunday afternoon. The Lord elected a nation, Israel, in Abraham, and that's His elect nation. And He promised continued existence to that nation now has he punished that nation oh yeah but he said I'll scatter you in my fury and in my mercy and my love I'll gather you up in my love the nation Israel is still here if they weren't if she's not God lied, but God is a covenant-keeping God. He's kept his covenant. Israel is restored, and yes, Israel is a nation. Now, that election did not save or guarantee spiritual salvation to one Jew. All that guarantees is that that nation will be perpetuated, I believe, forever. That's why you still got the twelve tribes in the holy city. <laughs> then the Lord has an elect people. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins elect according to the foreknowledge of God according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holding without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his own will those are his elect that are guaranteed salvation through The redemption that is in Jesus Christ by his blood through the means of repentance and faith. And that's why we preach the gospel to every creature. Somebody said to Spurgeon, if I believed all that, I'd just preach to the elect. He said, if you'll go tag them, I'll preach to them. (laughs) He didn't tell us to tag them. He said, preach the gospel to every creature. And the third election is the bride of Christ. Amen. Eddie Ezer went to get a bride for Isaac. I say she was a chosen bride. And I believe Jesus Christ has a chosen bride. Real quick, I'll close. Uh, Second Corinthians, Chapter 11. As Paul writes to the church at Corinth, don't forget this. It's writing to the church at Corinth, not Christianity at large. That's right. Would to God you all, ye, that's second person plural, could bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with the godly jealousy, for I've espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Oh, well, that's just symbolic talking. No, that's not what he says to that church. And what does it say over here? That uh she has uh made herself ready. And that's what Paul's talking about over there. All right.